Hello and welcome to the Sacred City Life Podcast. This is your host, Pastor Justin Dean. And this podcast is all about helping you follow Jesus in the everyday, normal rhythms of life. And one of our goals for the past probably year and a half has to be, be has been to equip our people to be better theologians. Uh, many times um, we are functioning from categories in our thinking and categories in our believing that are contrary to biblical principles, and we don't even know it. We don't even know. It. One of the things that I've realized is how many of us kind of function mainly from our emotions and our feelings. And, and then we kind of gravitate towards books that mm. are all about our feelings and all about our emotions and all about kind of just, you know, you, I want to say devotional, but it's, it's really about how to manage the way I'm feeling right now. Mm. And when we, when we do that, we kind of stay on the surface of things and we're always dealing with kind of fruit issues and we're not getting down to root level, heart level, deeper issues. Yeah. And one of the things studying doctrine does is it gets underneath those surface level issues and it gets down to the root of things. And so for me, one of my favorite practices is um, to always be reading something doctrinal Mm -hmm. for my devotional time in the mornings. Um, After I read my Bible, I read something deep and doctrinal, Um, whether it's a catechism or whether it's, um, you know, a, a systematic theology, something like that. Um, so what we've been trying to do on the podcast is to take our church through the Westminster Confession of Faith, which is a, you know, one of the first systematic theologies ever produced, and it's got hundreds of years of weight behind it and, and work behind it. It's worked well to um, catechize children and catechize adults for hundreds of years, and much of the evangelical church has gotten away from catechesis. And we need to get back to it. And so we're recording these podcasts and we're hoping that you're listening to them. We're also hoping that you go back and listen to them and you recommend them to your friends or family members. Um, The Westminster Confession of Faith right now, we are 21 chapters deep. We are two thirds of the way through the Westminster Confession of Faith. So we're keeping our head down and we're plotting. All right. We're plotting forward. We are on um, chapter 21 of Religious Worship and the Sabbath Day. Um, this systematic theology here, this, this level of doctrine is what are Christians meant to do on the Lord's Day? Um, we're told to keep the Sabbath day holy. What does that mean? What can we do on the Sabbath day? What can't we do on the Sabbath day? How are we meant to worship God rightly? Articles 1 and 2 said we can't make it up on our own. This is not a... Um, open-handed issue, Mm -hmm. that the right worship of God is a closed-handed doctrinal issue that Scripture tells us very specifically how God wants to be worshipped. Now, Article 3 and 4, and maybe 5 if we can get to it, they're going to get, we're going to drill down into some of those specific aspects of our worship that Scripture mandates Mm -hmm. for us, okay, that we should do on the Lord's Day. So that's where we're at, all right? What should we do on on Sunday? What should we do on the Lord's Day? How should we worship God? We're going to start with Article 3. Kevin, you want to go ahead and read that? You bet. Prayer with thanksgiving, being one special part of religious worship, is by God required of all men, and that it may be accepted 
It is to be made in the name of the Son, by the help of his Spirit, according to his will, with understanding, reverence, humility, fervency, faith, love, and perseverance, and, if vocal, in a known tongue. Okay. All right, let's get into this. Actually, before we get into this, we are, we've got three of us here today. Uh, you know me. I'm Justin. I'm Alex Tate. And Kevin Knorr. All right, just to get those out of the way. So the first thing we're talking about um, when it comes to the right worship of God is prayer, that we should pray um, when we come together, mm-hmm. and we should pray as individuals. It says prayer with thanksgiving being one special part of religious worship. So we have a duty to thank God for things. Sacred City, we talk a lot about evidences of grace. We try to um, program that into the DNA of our church on a weekly basis. People are sharing evidences of grace. They're thanking God for things. We do a lot of celebrations at the church. Celebrations are thanking God for things. Mm -hmm. And we want prayer to be a key part of our of our worship, yeah. our daily worship, but also our corporate worship when we come when we come together. Mm-hmm. Um, the confession says prayer, being one special part of religious worship, is by God required of all men. Do we have a text for that? Yeah, Psalm sixty-five two. O you who hear prayer, to you shall all flesh come. Mm. So all flesh. It's, it's interesting how even atheists pray. Yeah. There was a recent article out that said <clears throat> Elon Musk, when he was trying to launch the rocket, mm. he prayed. He <laughs> prayed for a successful launch. Mm. Um, <clears throat> what, what is that? The, the natural law, right? The natural law in man that we are made by God for God, and there's something in us that wants to pray. So somebody asked, like, so does God hear their prayers? So <clears throat> God hears everything. God knows everything. Mm. And um, so in one sense, yes, he does mm. hear their prayer. But <clears throat> we're going to get into something very specific here. And so it's required of all men, and that it may be accepted, it is to be made in the name of the Son, by the help of his Spirit, according to his will. Now let's just break that down. How, what is the one way mankind can rightly come to God? Through Christ. Through Mm -hmm. Christ, right? There's one mediator Mm -hmm. given, through Christ. So when we pray, if we want our prayers to be accepted by God, then we must pray, and that's why we pray in Jesus' name, Mm -hmm. right? We pray in Jesus' name. We pray by the help of the Holy Spirit. Do we have a text for that, Kevin? Yeah, uh, 1 John. And this is my confidence that we have towards him, that if we ask anything according to his will, he hears us. Okay. Anything according to his will Mm. and by the Spirit. Okay. So um, I was looking at Romans 8.26. I'm sorry. I was off. Sorry, guys. Romans 8.26. Likewise, the Spirit helps us in our weakness, for we do not know what to pray for as we ought, but the Spirit himself intercedes for us with groanings too deep for words. Okay. So Christians are called to pray in Jesus' name, coming through his mediatorial work, 
by the Holy Spirit. So we're to be led by the Spirit. That's when we, when we pray, we want to ask the Holy Spirit to lead us. We want to let Scripture kind of guide us as we pray, and we want to pray according to God's will. Okay, now that's important. Just because we pray in Jesus' name does not mean that he's going to answer our prayers, mm. right? Our prayers must be in line with his will. So, we, you know, I can't pray for God to give me another wife, right? He's already given me a wife. His will is for me to be a better husband and me to love the wife that I've, I've been given, right? Mm-hmm. We must pray according to the will of God. Now, if we as finite beings, we pray and we don't know what the will of God is, and so we pray for that promotion, but we don't know that it's not his will, God in his loving kindness and sovereignty will tell us no, mm. right? Okay. So I've heard it said that there's only three answers to prayer. There's yes, there's no, and there's not yet, mm. or something like that. You yeah, know? yeah, yeah. Uh, but but um, that's the simple version. The other version is, we, as we're praying, we want God to change our will mm. towards his will. Yeah. Kind of like Jesus, mm. right? Like, if this cup could pass from me, like, that's what I want. But he says, but not my will, mm. but your will be done. Yeah. So conform, a Christian prays, conform my will to your will, mm. right? You really want to take a new job outside, you know, whatever, in, in some cool city. You really desire it. And then you're like, okay, Lord, I want your will to be my will. Yeah. And you're praying that he would shape your, shape your will, shape your desires to whatever he, would ha- whatever he has for you, right? So, so how do you flesh that out if that's someone, someone else's will, mm-hmm. right? But not knowing for sure if it's the will of God. Like, how does, how does someone differ what that looks like if it's the will of God? Is that them finding a community right away when they get there? Um, that's a church and, you know, they're getting connected right away. Does that seem like that's the will of God? Or, you know, if every door is closed, it's, it's not the will of God. Well, the first thing would be to search the scriptures, right? Um, To search the scriptures to see if they speak specifically to this Mm. scenario, okay? Second thing would be to share it with either an elder or a a wise Christian, like in your missional community, Mm -hmm. who could ask you some heart-level questions, like why do you want to take this job, you know, like, I'm just going to, in, in real big generalities here, like, you could be, you could be motivated by greed, mm-hmm. you could be motivated by pride, by human ambition, right, yeah. selfish ambition, this could be a poor decision for your family, like, if there's no good schools in the area, if there's no good churches in the area, I mean, that would be a very foolish decision, <laughs> and, and then, and then the decision's going to come down to Christian wisdom, and, and by that, I mean, the amalgamation of all of the, the scripture that we know, all of the biblical thinking that we know in, in the Old and New Testament through the book of Proverbs, these things, am I ma- is this a wise decision or am I just, I just really want it. Yeah. I just really mm-hmm. want it, you know? Um, and now listen, here, here's the thing. And this, I don't, wanna, I don't want this to be an excuse, but God works with us. And so even when we make mistakes... Let's say we ignore biblical advice and or we whatever we just we don't even get it and we just go and mm. we take the job. He can still work in that situation and get us eventually where he wants us to be. 
Mm-hmm. He can he can use our mistakes, and he can bring beauty out of the, the ashes of those mistakes. Yeah. Right. But it'd be far better to make the wise decision on the front end. Yeah. On the front end of that. Yeah. Okay. So real quick, following the the example of you know, there's a job, you really want this job, you seek the scriptures, you seek wise counsel, everybody says, no, I don't think this is the right thing. You go and do it anyway. So then what does, when you get to that point, when you get to that place and you realize, oh man, I have sinned against God, what does repentance look like in that? I would go read the story of the prodigal sons. (laughs) (laughs) Mm. Uh, Repentance looks like, I mean, it could be a lot of different things, but first off, confessing to God, and then taking stock of your situation. And repentance is a change of, not, and not just a change of heart, but mm-hmm. it's also a change in direction, right? Yeah. A change in behavior. So it very well might look like, I mean, we had a couple in our church that, they had, that this was their testimony at, at, at our 10-year celebration, that they kind of did this very thing and then realized they had made a mistake and, mm. and they didn't have the Christian community and, and they, their repentance looked like, coming home. They came Mm -hmm. back to the Quad Cities and and joined up with the church again and building their family here and putting down roots. So it could could very well look like that, Mm -hmm. you know? Um, Yeah, I mean, I think think that's a couple possibilities of what what it could look like. Now, so prayer is also, so it's, it's, we pray in Jesus' name, we pray through the Holy Spirit according to the will of God, um, we pray with understanding. So our prayers should be intelligible, mm. in, in, you know, in, in, with understanding, reverence. Um, so Jesus, this is a kind of cliche, but Jesus is not your bro. Yeah. God is not your buddy. He's not your baby daddy. He's not, you know, he, he's not your boyfriend. He, there, we can go wrong in, 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 like always, we can go wrong in multiple directions. You can treat God like he's just a judge and a principal up in the sky. Mm-hmm. But you could, like, you can also, like Will Ferrell famously did, pray to six point, is it 6.7 ounce or 8.7 mm, yeah, ounce? 6.7 6. ounce. Sweet baby Jesus. Sweet baby <laughs> Jesus. You know, and, and you're not treating him with reverence. You're not displaying a prof, proper fear of God, mm. right? Yeah. And, and then it goes into humility. Um, many times in my life I have not prayed with humility. I've lashed out, got angry at God and blamed him for things and maligned his character because he didn't give me what I wanted. Yeah. You know, our prayer should be in, done in humility, fervency. Man, that, that's, that's kind of a, that's convicting. Our prayer life should be hot. Mm. Should have some fire to it. Yeah. Should have some heat to it. Yeah. For our, for our prayers to be done according to the will of God, they should move the souls of men. They should mm. move the hearts of men and women. Um, they shouldn't be dry, yeah. boring, yeah. Yeah. lame. Mm. They should be full of faith. Caught thinking, expecting great things from God. Mm. So it's kind of a lame prayer just to pray 
to never really ask God for anything, to not ask him to heal you, to yeah. not ask him to save your, your kids or to save your friends or to save your neighbors, to not ask him to build the church, to not ask him to uh, help you be successful in your career. Mm. Um, you could go through life just kind of, you know, meek as a mouse and just, oh, whatever, whatever, Lord, just whatever. Mm. Yeah. And, and there is a sense where we need to be content yeah. in all things. But that doesn't mean we shouldn't dare great things for God and ask great things from God. Yeah, we're still called to ask, seek, and knock in prayer. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Our prayers should be prayed in love. Mm. That love should direct our prayers. Love for God, love for our neighbor, love for his word. Mm. Um, That's the heart of devotion. We love, we want to be with him, and so we, we we pray to him. And perseverance. Yeah. We got a text for that? Yeah, uh, Ephesians 6:18. Praying at all times in the spirit with all prayer and supplication. To that end, keep alert with all perseverance, making supplication for all the saints. Mm. Mm. So prayer is not easy. Yeah. It's weird because in one sense it's very simple. But it requires perseverance. Mm-hmm. It requires discipline. It requires focused effort and focused time to get better at it. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, and so it, it requires perseverance. Yeah. yeah. And if vocal in a known tongue. Um, So, specifically, we, we, pray, we pray to God with the language that he's, he's given us. Mm-hmm. Um, now, yeah, any, any thoughts on this, guys, what you're hearing on prayer? It's just, well, thinking through the perseverance piece, um, would you say praying, you know, persevering in prayer for us, but also that that text talks about praying for the perseverance of the saints. Would you say that a piece of that is praying for those who struggle to persevere in prayer? You have the people who are like, oh, well, I just don't have time, or or the people we were talking about a few minutes ago who say, oh, well, you know, the meek, God's going to do what God's going to do anyway. So maybe if you have those people in your community, praying for them to have more um, fervency and more perseverance. Yeah. Yeah, I think so. Um, I think this is one of the reasons why, obviously, we pray in every single missional community. Now, I'm not in every missional community, so I don't know if they all do what we're, they're supposed to be doing and <laughs> praying through gospel community mission, and they have intimate prayer times that are both, they have confession in them, they have thanksgiving in them, they're praying in Jesus' name, they're praying by the Spirit, um, they're praying, you know, with perseverance, but I hope they are. Yeah. And then I know I know my mission community is. We also pray before every single su- Sunday gathering. Mm-hmm. All of the ministers, basically anybody that's going to be on stage, mm-hmm. we get back in the in the back and we pray yeah. for 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 this. We pray for the perseverance of the saints. We pray for those who are struggling when they come in. We pray for those who are sick. We pray for those who are tired and weary. We pray for those who are in 
rebellion against God. Uh, we even pray that people would come. They don't even know why they're there, yeah. but they would just show up because the Spirit of God moved them and they would step out of darkness into His great light. Mm-hmm. Um, all of this is important. And then, and then um, Joel prays from the stage uh, mm-hmm. to prepare our heart, hearts to receive the Word of God every single week. And then I pray in a pastoral prayer um, twice. I pray before the sermon and ask God to protect me and, and that his sheep would hear his voice. Yeah. And then I pray at the end of the service to direct the hearts of, of people to either take Christ or to take the Lord's Supper. Yeah. And, um, and I'm ho- hopefully I'm trying to shepherd our people through mm-hmm. our, the pastoral prayers. Yeah. So why is it that like, a lot of people don't take prayers seriously? Because I feel like even like Tim mm-hmm. Keller, in one of his books, he talked about how he didn't even take prayer that seriously until um, his wife was diagnosed with cancer and then that's where him and his wife start praying together on regular rhythms every single night yeah. I think it was two two night two days a week two I mean two days a night um, and two days uh, a night yeah I mean two days <laughs> I mean one I mean twice a day twice there you a day, go, there you go. I was like two days a night yeah that's twice impressive. a day but for some yeah, reason he wasn't he, he didn't even take it seriously so why why is that yeah um I think because it's pretty difficult to do Mm. and it's in silent it's in silence like it's it's off stage most Mm. of the time like that type of prayer Mm -hmm. it's off stage Mm. there's no you don't see so when I go and study a book when I read a book or study the Bible that has a one-to-one correlation so what I mean by that is I go study something I come out of it with more knowledge Mm. that I can directly apply to my sermon, to a situation, to whatever. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Prayer, you don't usually see a one-to-one correlation. Mm. You don't see Im- immediate fruit mm. Mm. coming yeah. out of it. Yeah. Right? And it's, uh, there's something about it that's just, that's difficult to do. Sure. Mm-hmm. It's just something about it is difficult to do. Um, and especially with your spouse. I find to making making time to pray specifically for with your spouse is really difficult. Mm, yeah. You know? Yeah. And obviously, but what puts things in perspective? <laughs> cancer. Yeah. And mm. Tim had can Tim his wife had cancer and then he got cancer. Mm-hmm. And it, it and he says that that it took his prayer life to another level. And yeah. I hate that that uh that it would take something so drastic to do that. Yeah, right. But you know, I wonder if like we the elders make it a point every Wednesday morning to begin our elder meeting with prayer for our members. Mm-hmm. And we each are over a huddle, and so we pray for three or four different families by name, one at a time, while the other elders are sitting there listening. And we go around the table, and so we pray for 16 to 20 families a, a week. Mm-hmm. And members don't see that. Mm-hmm. Members... I, I wonder if members really even care mm. that we do that. Mm. Like, do they think that is that's something special? Do they think that that's worthy of sacrifice? Like, like we we're spending 30, at least thirty minutes, yeah. at least thirty minutes every Wednesday morning praying for our people. Now, why are we doing that? We're doing that because in the Book of Acts it tells elders that one of our primary roles is 
handling the word of God and preaching the word of God and praying for our people. Mm-hmm. And, uh, and so we are bringing those people before the Lord and asking for his blessing upon them yeah. every single week. Um, so, yeah, I just wonder how many people, if we really, if we take that for granted. Mm. You know, when people tell me I'm praying for you, um, I know many times I can take that for granted. Mm. And yeah. um, and who knows how many times I've been spared from temptation or spared from a giant screw-up because the saints are praying mm. yeah. for yeah. me. You know, or, or, or just spiritual attack, mm. protecting from spiritual attack through yeah. prayer. That's good. So, all right. So prayer should be a, a major part of our personal worship, but also our corporate worship. Okay. Mm. Article four, prayer is to be made for things lawful. We already kind of talked about this. Yeah. Uh, don't pray for your neighbor's Cadillac. Right. <laughs> That's breaking a commandment. Don't pray for $10 million cash. Well, I mean... And then get mad when you don't. It's in his will. Depends on how. Yeah, <laughs> depends on how much. I mean, you invested in crypto. I don't know. You know where are we at? I will. Uh, and for all sorts of men living, so we pray for our neighbor. We pray for all types of men living. And mm-hmm. one of the ways we do this on Sunday mornings, a lot of times, is we pray for. We try to go through like people and diff- people that are rebelling, rebelling against God. People who are really tired. People who who are really proud because things are going so well for them. Yeah. People that are in a dark spot emotionally we try to go you know we we try to think about the different seasons of life and pray for people in all those different seasons yeah. so somebody ask uh so how does like our regular play- prayer um behind the scenes and, and no one's looking um what does that look like compared to where scripture talks about praying the lord's prayer should we be praying the lord's prayer before we start praying or after we start praying or should so we- i don't think there needs to be necessarily a formula Mm. but the lord's prayer encapsulates a lot of the things that we need to be praying for right so i have this new year i have been using a liturgy book um called be thou my vision and of all the resources i've ever tried so far this is the best resource i've ever had Mm -hmm. um i've tried the Book of Common Prayer. I've tried all the different liturgy books that they've put out, and something was always missing from all of them. This one, I feel like, is one of the best ones that I've ever had. Mm -hmm. walks you through basically kind of like a call to worship and then a confession of sin Mm. and then an absolution of sin, and then there's a prepare me to read the Word of God, and then there's a little section in the book for reading catechisms and Mm. and then for reading the Word of God, and then you come back to... A section on prayer, mm-hmm. and then it tells you like pray. And basically, you usually you pray the Lord's prayer, yeah. and then it says gives you three other prompts to pray. Mm-hmm. Pray for your family, pray for your church, pray for your world, or something like that. It okay. Gives you three three ones, and so awesome. I found it. I found it really helpful. So so in that liturgy, yeah, the Lord's prayer is kind of the last thing you pray. Okay, you know, but that's just one one form. Okay, right, one form you can you can yeah. do it. Okay, um, all sorts of men living or that shall live hereafter. So this is, I talked about this a few weeks ago, that we should be praying for our kids and our grandkids and our great-grandkids, mm. even those that have not been born, Yeah. right? We should be praying for 
our legacy mm. as you uh, as as you pray. But not for the dead. Mm-hmm. So there's no use in praying for the dead. Mm. The dead are dead. It's it's appointed for man to die once, and then comes the judgment. Yeah. Your prayers are not getting anyone out of purgatory. Your prayers are not getting anyone out of hell. Your prayers are not getting anyone into heaven. So we should not be praying for the dead. So what about the uh, the people that only just pray in their minds? Like I just pray in my mind, you know. Mm-hmm. Me, and, me and God are tight, you know. We I pray all throughout the day. Um, so what, what should that look like? Should they be, you know, vocalizing and, and praying to God, or is it okay for them just to pray in their mind? I think if you're at, are silent prayers real, acceptable prayers? Yes, absolutely. Mm-hmm. Should all of our prayers be silent? No. Okay. Um, Number one, if you're just praying in your mind, how do you know when something's wrong or something's off? Or sometimes when I say it out loud, then I'm like, "Oh, mm-hmm. dang! Yeah. Oh yeah! Oh, all right, you know what, Lord? <laughs> My, out of the out of the heart, the mouth speaks. Yeah, right. And it's not necessarily out of the heart the mind thinks. You know, like mm-hmm. I don't. I mean, maybe that's true, but I don't really like if I'm just praying in my mind. Do you repent in your mind too? Do you confess? I mean, we're we're told to confess with our mouth. Yeah. Right. Mm. So, I think silent prayers are good and mm-hmm. helpful and necessary, but I think we need to hear ourselves say some things as well. And I think mm. there is a there's power. The life and death is in the power of the tongue. Mm. Uh, right. If you believe it, I believed, therefore I spoke. Right. Mm-hmm. So we're meant to profess what we believe. So I think we need to pray out loud as well as pray silently. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Nor for those of whom it may be known that they have sinned the sin unto death. You want to read that text? That's a tough one. Yeah. First John five sixteen. Oh man. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Here we go. If anyone sees his brother committing a sin, not letting, not leading to death, he shall ask, and God will give him to those who commit sins that do not lead to death. There is sin that leads to death. I do not say that one should pray for that. Oh, my goodness. I've got some immediate thoughts, Kevin. What are your immediate thoughts? That's... Uh... It's a hard one. It's getting into uh, Jesus talking about the unpardonable sin. That's a mm-hmm. uh, that's a hard one to untangle. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah, I think I'm not 100 percent sure. So, because we sit down here and we, um, I don't, we don't, I don't always do a lot of prep work. Um, I've. I have two immediate thoughts without studying that text in context Hmm. um, and I I I have I think I know what I'm what I'm about to say but I'm not 100% sure so of course Jesus talks about the unpardonable sin Mm -hmm. blaspheming the Holy Ghost crediting to Satan the things that are of God yeah all right Um, but I also think he's talking about here and I could be wrong here 
sins that are le- like legitimately punishable by death. Okay? Huh. So, hmm. there, there, there are some things that men rightly deserve punishment for and to give them grace and to pray for their, let's just say, pray for their release, pray for them not to get what they deserve would be wrong, would be an injustice. So are you saying like someone that, you know, does something wrong and then they, you know, say I repent and then there's no consequences, we just forgive them because they repent? Yes. Okay. Or let's just say, I mean, let's go a horrible case, right? Uh, A man rapes a woman, Mm -hmm. right? And he... He, he, he doesn't even have to repent, right? He, maybe he repents, maybe he doesn't repent. But a Christian, his Christian brother, says, start, you know, praying for him. Now, there's, there's a way to pray for him. Obviously, we pray for the salvation of his soul. Yep. Mm-hmm. But that would not... You, you pray for him in a way that you do not pity him. Mm. Yeah. You pray for him in a way that you do, he, does, he needs to be judged by the full weight of the law for his sins, yeah, mm-hmm. right? So you don't pray for a light punishment. You mm. don't pray that he gets off on a technicality, mm. right? You pray that the justice of God would be meted out. Now, why, why do I say that? And, and listen, and I'm, because I'm not, I'm not preaching through 1 John, nor have I, I don't think I've preached through 1 John since I was a youth pastor. Mm. Um, and so that, that scripture right off the top of my head, I, um, I can't pull up all the exegesis right off the top of my head, but I have been reading Deuteronomy. And in Deuteronomy, when there's murderers mm-hmm. and there's blasphemers and there's these, these sinners, God commands his people have, because the, the punishment is death for them, have no pity on them. Mm. Have no pity on them. And so, because there's a sense in us that it's like, oh man, you know, oh, I don't want to take that guy. You know, I don't want yeah. that guy to get the death penalty. Oh, I don't want God to sit in this. His, this seems he harsh. made a mistake. Yeah. He's, this seems harsh. Mm. This seems now. If you're the victim, it does not seem harsh. Yeah. Right. But we could be the Monday morning quarterbacks or whatever, or the, the passenger drivers here, backseat driver, and say, I don't know. It kind of seems harsh. Mm-hmm. Uh, and so um, that that's what it's bringing to my mind. Those passages yeah. in, De- in Deuteronomy. Mm-hmm. It's like, hey, listen, if a guy has broken this commandment, you don't just, you don't just, you know, oh, I'll pray for you. It's like, no, you, you, he needs to be judged. Yeah. He needs mm-hmm. to be judged. And so, so I think of both, I think of both, yeah. both and there. Um, it's but, interesting. I'd never thought about it in those terms. Yeah. But, you know, again, upon further exegesis, I could be <laughs> swayed one way or the other. Sure. So what do you guys think? What, what are your thoughts back home? Um, if this throws you for a loop, if you've got questions, um, email us. Let us know. Email me at justindeed at sacredcitychurch.com. And I would love to either um, go deeper into that or repent for my heresy if I just committed heresy. I don't know. <laughs> uh, but hopefully this has edified you. Hopefully you have um, learned a little bit more about the, the topic of prayer and the importance of prayer. In our next podcast, we'll be talking about the other aspects of worship. Mm. 
public reading of scripture, the preaching, um, singing hymns, all these different things. We'll be talking about that next podcast. So um, we love you guys. We're praying for you. Talk to you soon. God bless.